It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, welcome back. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Uh, a few more segments in today's episode of Live Mike. I'm grateful to you for tuning in. We've learned a lot today, uh, and there may be some developments on the elective medical procedure front. We uh, just yesterday spoke to a, a good friend of mine, Dr. Stephen uh, Mobley, a surgeon, and he talked to us about some of the uh, unfortunate realities that have come uh, or that could come, I should say, uh, from the cancellation of so many of these elective procedures to get them back uh, on the calendar for folks quite literally could mean uh, a matter of life or death. I think the word elective sometimes means that these procedures are not necessarily serious uh, or life-saving, and yet we learned just yesterday that, in fact, many, many of them are. Think of uh, colonoscopies and and mammograms and other various procedures which uh, are undertaken to explore and to see if someone, uh, in fact, is suffering from uh, a disorder that may uh, threaten their life. Well, those are under the elective umbrella, and they have been on hold for some time. And uh, it's looking like we're going to get back to the business of elective procedures, certainly the kind uh, that can save lives. That's a very good thing. We're going to look for an opportunity to speak to Dr. Mobley again uh, here in the next day or so to see uh, uh, how he's reacting to the governor's uh, announcement of uh, getting back into the business of elective procedures. Right now, though, we are going to be speaking uh, with candidate for Governor Jan Garbett. Uh, she uh, has entered into a, a lawsuit against the governor uh, of the great state of Utah. All of this dealing with uh, the various methods available, or as she asserts, unavailable uh, to some folks as they seek uh, elective office here in the state. Uh, so, uh, Ms. Garbett, I'm grateful to you for calling in. How are you? I'm doing well. Can you hear me okay, Lee? Uh, loud and clear. Uh, grateful to you. Let me ask you this. Uh, aside from this lawsuit, how are you holding up in the midst of this coronavirus? Are you keeping your hands clean? you staying safe and healthy? We are. Thank you. And you? Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, I- I've got it okay. Uh, the KSL asked me to start broadcasting from home, uh, and that's been a little bit nerve-wracking. I feel a little bit like I'm uh, stuck here in a rat cage, but uh, I'm doing better than most, and so I'm not going to complain. <laughs> okay, good. So this is new for me. I'm here at home, and you're there at home, and We'll try to keep the people of Utah informed. Yeah. Uh, l- last time you and I spoke, we were doing so face-to-face over in the KSL News Radio studios, and you were uh, introducing yourself to the audience uh, as a candidate for governor. Much has happened since you and I last spoke uh, to the extent that you have uh, introduced or, or filed suit, rather, against the, uh, the governor of the state of Utah, asserting that some of your civil rights have been violated. Can you speak to that a little bit for me? So, yeah, Lee, just, let's just start back in your studio before when I decided to run for governor. You'll remember the reason I decided to run for governor is because I didn't realize this. I thought we had some moderate candidates in there. And when I found out from the Silicon Slope debate that everyone was fully in alignment with Donald Trump, I thought, mm. that doesn't give people a choice here in Utah. doesn't give Republicans a choice. And it doesn't reflect Utah values. So I decided to run to give people a choice. Essentially, that's happened right now, too. Through this pandemic, I am still trying to give people a choice on who they can vote for a governor. 
Donald Trump may be president of the United States, and you may vote for him again this time, but that doesn't mean he has to be governor of Utah, too. Mm. So after I decided to run for governor, I filed the intent to gather signatures, and I, I had to look around to find a good signature-gathering firm to be able to do that. I couldn't find any in-state. They'd already been taken by the other candidates. And so I found one thing. One thing I would point out. One, one thing that I would point out in that in that circumstance, the the way the rules are, it, you, uh, a single company cannot be in the business of gathering signatures from multiple candidates. Is that correct? Um, yeah. So you know, sometimes they'll um, do it maybe for a candidate for governor and and also a candidate for the legislature. But they right. won't. Yeah, they try to avoid that conflict of interest. So sure. there weren't any gathering firms within Utah. They'd already been taken up by the gubernatorial candidates. So I had to search outside of Utah, but I found some good options. I hired them. I filed my intent in plenty of time. So, you know, obviously I wasn't doing it at the same time everybody else was gathering signatures. They'd had a month head start or longer on me, but I did file it within plenty of time, and I began gathering signatures. By the time I stopped gathering, I was getting close to 2,000 signatures a day, and people were excited. My husband, my son, multiple family members, myself, were going out, and people were enthusiastic about having a choice, and especially when they found out that not everybody was fully in alignment with Donald Trump. They were excited that Utah could have that choice. So I don't know if you're aware, Lee, but I'm sure you are, that I asked Dr. Joseph Jarvis to be my running mate. He is a public health specialist. We were, you know, looking at the signature gathering. We were following the pandemic and when we realized we were now at a tipping point and that the governor, the lieutenant governor, still were not doing anything, as had been done in other states, to either lower the threshold or extend deadlines for signature gathering, we were forced to make a decision. And because of the health of the public and the health of our signature gathering gatherers, we made the determination to stop gathering signatures. Mm. Well, um, we turned in what we had Um, when they were due. We had over 20,000 signatures, and we were rejected. So I I have done what um, has been done in some of the other states around the country. And, in fact, recently in Massachusetts and Michigan, where federal judges have ruled on behalf of candidates who – were found themselves in the same predicament trying to gather signatures during a pandemic. And those judges have ruled, hey, you cannot let the electoral process, democracy, die in a pandemic. Our our freedoms are too valuable for us to just um, turn our nose at this. And you you filed suit yourself now here in the state of Utah. So, yeah, I have... um, Filed in federal court, and we have been given a judge, and we will hear from the state what their argument is Thursday. It's not like I haven't tried to reach out to them before, 
and yeah. other candidates have tried to reach out to them before. But this is just too important. People yeah. Let me have ask the you this. right I, to I hate a to, choice. I hate to cut, cut sure. you off. Uh, we, we have uh, just uh, about 45 seconds left to speak to one another. I want to ask you, uh, we do have the state's nominating convention uh, for the Republican Party on the horizon. Uh, that's an opportunity for candidates like yourself to make the case to delegates. As we, uh, we know here in the state of Utah, there are two ways to get yourself on the primary ballot. One, uh, via signature gathering, which you and I have been speaking about for the past few minutes here. The other is, is via the convention route. Uh, if I could, and I hate to, uh, to, to squeeze you, but uh, can you in about 30 seconds talk to me about uh, your attitude uh, regarding the convention and that route? When I filed to run for governor, I had to make a decision right then whether I was going to go the signature route, the convention route, or both. And I decided to go the signature route. And at that time, I was able to do it without any problem, and I thought that that's where my best chances were. The actual, the convention route had already been disrupted at that point. Caucuses were being canceled, and people that would I would have normally been able to reach out to and try to, you know, encourage them to be delegates for me at the convention and represent me, that was already taken away. So... This whole process of the convention has been under siege as well from the coronavirus. The mm. governor, the lieutenant governor, have made multiple concessions with the convention route, but they have not with the signature gathering route. So, right. Well, uh, listen, I wish you the best of luck. Uh, I'm sorry for the frustration this has all caused you. Um, uh, I wish you the best, too, certainly in terms of health and happiness as we continue to uh, battle this coronavirus. Maybe you and I will touch base as uh, these decisions are handed down from, uh, from these uh, federal courts, which you're interacting with right now, all right? Okay. Thank uh, you, Lee. Jan Garbett, my guest here on Live Mike, grateful to you uh, for your explanation of things. We're going to take a quick break. One final segment remains. We're going to hear from some young people. We've had old people like me talking all day long. We're going to hear from some young people next. How are they doing with their uh, social distancing, uh, with their at-home learning, and with general enjoyment of life as we continue this fist fight with the coronavirus? We're going to hear from those little kids next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio.